You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. This is so exciting. We've been really looking forward to having Pastor Lance and Alicia with us. You guys made the basically the drive all the way from North County, the road trip. Did you get snacks it's, on the way? It is a road trip. <laughs> it's quite far. It is a little bit. But we're of it. so honored to be here. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you Just so much. Awesome. Okay, so guys, we are going to be talking about sex tonight. We're going to be talking about what the Bible says about these things that our culture has a lot to say about it. We hear on the media a lot about what sex is, but we really wanted to open up a discussion. What does the Word of God say about sex? And really share around some topics so that we can bring light and clarity to what the Bible says. We can bring revelation. Um, So it's going to be a really amazing night. I thought it would be good to actually open up the night by maybe even just defining what sex is. So, Pastor Mike, would you like to tackle that question? Sure, Pastor Katie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I said that. Well, you uh, are a pastor. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm going to start out. Katie tried to get me not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, this is going great already. Yeah. Um, (laughs) As, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about sex, and I think it's important to... To, for you guys to know that I can be trusted on this subject. Oh, no. So Katie and I recently took this marriage assessment. I it can't was, believe you're doing this. I'm sorry. I, you know, it needs to be said. It's important. And we took this assessment. And it was kind of this deal where, you know, she filled out this, this questionnaire thing and a comprehensive deal. I did as well separately. And then, you know, they kind of do their little algorithms and whatever. And I have, I want to show you some <clears throat> results. So, uh, this is so uh, if we ridiculous, could, you guys. Team, Individual results oh for gosh. sexual relationship satisfaction for Mike and Katie is maxed out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Yes. So come on. Wow. <laughs> Break the mold. I just thought. Welcome to church, everyone. Yes. Welcome to Awaken Church. I just thought it would be good for you to know that, you know, I mean, we're authorities on the subject. Apparently. Okay. So, anyway, all right. You uh, can take that slide down. It's all fine. All right. Or you can leave it up. Whatever okay. is fine either way. Um, I'm so, sex. When when we there's really three main sort of reasons, I suppose, that we have sex. And um, the first one, if you didn't know this, this would be very sad, um, is to procreate. That's how we make new little humans. Okay, so that's one <laughs> function that sex. We're serves. really good at that at this campus. Yes, kids church. Yep. We are growing the church one infant at a time here. <laughs> so we have sex to procreate, right? We also have sex because it's fun. Okay? God made sex to be enjoyable, to be awesome. Can I get an amen from Come somebody? Amen. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but lastly, and most importantly, sex is meant to be a celebration act between a husband and a wife. Okay? It is a, a, a covenant um, sort of celebration ceremony, if you will. I know that doesn't really sound very sexy, but I want you to think about something really quick. I'll make this really quick. Um, like, let's just say you go to Sprouts for your groceries. Okay? And Sprouts has been good to you. They've got good organic produce, generally at a, at a pretty affordable price. And so you are a consumer at Sprouts, okay? Now, what the world will tell you is that sex exists in a consumer relationship, okay? Not a covenant relationship, but a consumer relationship. Now, the problem with that is, again, if you take my Sprouts example, like I go to Sprouts because we have a good thing going on. They give me good prices and good produce, but if one day... I'm in Whole Foods, 
and I see some organic red bell peppers, and their price is lower than what I get at Sprouts, then Sprouts is going to lose my business, right? Because in a consumer relationship, you do, you base your decisions based on how you are being served, right? And that's what our world says about sex. As long as you are meeting my needs, then I'm in. But the second that you are not meeting my needs, the second that a bigger, better deal comes along, then I'm out. And that is incredibly damaging, incredibly contrary to the nature of sex. When sex is performed in a covenant relationship between a husband and a wife, it is an infinitely safe place. It's fun. It's incredible. And it's a celebration. So God made sex as a celebration for us to engage in. Come on. How good was that? Amen. Let's celebrate. I love it. Okay. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Confetti. <laughs> um, I love that you talked about what God intended for sex and what the Bible says about it. Pastor Lance and Alicia, if you could really go in, because I know um, there's probably a lot of us in here that haven't been raised in the church, maybe made some mistakes, had sex outside the confines of marriage, and um, we've learned in this church in several different settings about soul ties that come about when you have sex outside of marriage. So would you mind really going into defining what soul ties are um, and helping everyone understand what actually happens spiritually when you engage in premarital sex outside of marriage? Sure, Pastor Katie. <laughs> Thank we'll you. Jump right in. You guys are awesome. Nice and nice light. And light. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great... Lots of levity in this subject. <laughs> and Mike, you are a Jedi, my good sir. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't know what just yeah. happened. The force is with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, around the topic of soul ties, this can be you know, studied a lot. And it's throughout the Bible, actually, even in the New Testament. So it's not an Old Testament thing. But in Genesis, it does say that when when one leaves a father and mother to become one. So you know that you've heard the expression that we're physical be- uh, spiritual beings having a physical experience, right? And that's very much true in that when two come together, there is a unity and a bonding. That, that's the way God designed it and created it to be. And I found that when you look at biblically, there are godly soul ties or attachments and ungodly Saltires and attachments, and in, in the in the vein of ungodly, well, how do I know if I have a saltire? It's a valid question, and just from personal experience in my journey through freedom in this church, I would be sitting on in in the seats, and I'd have all of a sudden memories of someone from my past, like ten years ago, or even pornographic images would just flash up in my mind that I haven't looked at porn in four or five years kind of thing, you know? So you know that there's an attachment or a soul tie there sexually, and that thing hasn't gone away. And the more you press into God, in fact, the worse it gets until you deal with that spirit that came in with either that person or that event. And we've got to be careful because what one person carries when two become one, now we share that yoke and that bondage. So you've heard Pastor Mark Connell perhaps or other stories where two became one and then they moved into a house and weird things started to happen, onset of depression or things of that nature. So um, in Matthew 9.16 it says, so there are no longer two but one flesh. 
therefore, what therefore God has joined together, no man separate. Um, and then in Genesis 2, 4. So you can look, at, look up this for yourself and know that it is a biblical uh, principle that God intended us to become one flesh, that there's unity. And when it's done right, it is a very beautiful thing. When it's done in covenant, it is a very beautiful thing. Right. And you'll see three illustrations of covenant in the New Testament. You'll see Jesus and the bride of the church. You'll see Jesus and you, when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, it says you become one with Christ. And then there's a covenant of marriage, which is three representations, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So you can kind of see the, the fingerprint of God's design for relationship under covenant, and it is an amazing thing. So That's incredible. That's all I have to say about that. I love that. that. I love when you actually are able to break down what it actually means, because I know... For a lot of us, you come in and you feel maybe that depression or you feel anxiety or there's things that are off in your relationship and you can't really pinpoint it. Um, So having teaching around soul ties is so helpful because it's able to kind of shine light. Oh, these are actually symptoms of having a soul tie versus I just need to stop being depressed. Can you kind of speak into how to locate and uncover some yeah. of that? Um, I found that if, and again, through my journey of freedom, I would have a hard time with relationships. I would have a hard time breaking through what seemed like a ceiling, whether it be work or just friendships. And I had to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what is the ceiling around relationships, even though I was married. Um, so it is identifying who or what it is, the person, or perhaps it was things like pornography, um, identifying the ungodly saltire, and then coming before the Father. Wait, I just want to, say, I just want to pipe in real quickly. Saltires are not only related to sex. So you can, so, so the ungodly, ungodly saltires are not just from sex. So it could be from porn. It could be from a relationship you had with someone that you created an emotional attachment to. So like, that's what it also could be coming up in your mind when you're thinking, oh, oh, right. <laughs> Okay. That's yeah. really good. Thanks, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Very good point. Um, but really, it's coming before Jesus and saying and acknowledging that this happened. I did this or this happened to me. Asking for forgiveness, repentance, and then asking the Holy Spirit to come and minister to you and heal you because he's the helper and the healer. So it's acknowledging, taking responsibility because only you are responsible for you and bringing it before the Lord and letting him heal you and you can even take authority and command that spirit to go. Wow. And break it off yourself. Come on. You can break it off with yes. a pastor or on the ministry team, but you have the power and authority given to you by Christ to break these things yourself. So it's knowing so who you are and not dealing with things that are not acceptable in your life. Amen. Come Does on. Does that help? That is amazing, yeah. And we're going to have a chance if things are starting to pop up at the end of the service, we're gonna walk you through how to take hold of your own authority in Christ. So we're gonna do that at the end of service. So as we're talking, if things are starting to come up, that's good because you're in a safe place. You're in a spot where you can actually healthfully confront the things that are coming to your mind with the power of God. So I just wanna encourage you, if some of you are feeling a little uneasy, it's okay. There's healing and breakthrough in the house tonight. And what we're doing, why we wanted to have a panel is so that we can discuss and teach and walk you guys through um, 
what these things actually are so that you can have clarity on how to deal with it and how to invite healing in. So, um, Mike, maybe you want to share a little bit, because I know for us, when we were engaged, we have very different stories. I saved myself for marriage, and you did not. Um, (laughs) Katie, love covers a multitude of sins. That came out so harsh. I love you. That's okay. But I still love you, Mike. Yeah. But it was something that we had to, I mean, just real talk, it was something that we had to figure out and walk through as we were in premarital counseling. If you guys are engaged, definitely sign up for premarital counseling. It will save you so many fights and so much strife in marriage. Um, And some of these things, you know, get counseling. It's amazing. But I know for us, when we were in premarital counseling, that's when all of the things came up from your past. So do you want to kind of speak into um, a little bit of your testimony with that? Yeah. So um, obviously, Katie and I had very different histories, and I had had a pretty extensive sexual past, and then it really came to know the Lord, and Katie and I dated, and Katie and I never had sex um, until we were married, and so it was a, I knew that, um, I, and, and just kind of like some of the things that, that Pastor Lance was just talking about, those things were happening to me, like it was very obvious as we were dating and getting closer to getting married that there was just some things just not right, the, the, and I still had these, um, these memories of, of other women that I had been with and things that I did not want to bring into my marriage. And so I want to encourage you if you're, um, even if you're single in here, uh, ex- expecting to be married, if you're dating someone seriously, or even if you're married, it doesn't matter that there is um, real steps you can take towards healing. So I saw, um, and I'm one of the biggest proponents of Christian biblical counselors, therapy. It was one of the greatest things that we ever did. I saw somebody uh, to just kind of talk through some of, of these things um, and really was able to heal tremendously through it. And then I want to, one other thing that Katie and I did, and Maybe this is TMI, I hope not. Uh, on our wedding night, I mean, after we got uh, married, did the, the, the ceremony thing and got back to our room and we're getting ready, um, we actually prayed. And we prayed um, that That's God true, would redeem my past and that he would bless our sex life um, in spite of some of the decisions that I had made. And I can say, as my chart showed, that our God is a way maker in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Wow. So I just want you to know that no matter where you're at, if you're married, dating, engaged, wanting to be married, have, have a past, don't have a past. Like, there is healing. Yes. There is breakthrough. It doesn't matter where you're at in that journey. Um, if you earnestly seek God, and, and, and just as Pastor Lance talked about, God will meet you where you're at, and he, will, um, and he will provide breakthrough in Jesus' name. Come on. I love it. You know, you can, if you've been in the church for a bit, you'll hear, God restored my purity. <clears throat> God restored my purity. And that was something that I was a little bit confused on because I was, lit- I was thinking more in a literal sense, like a physical sense. Um, but just as Mike said, if you are holding on to things, I have seen it over and over. We've experienced it on our wedding night. There was no residue of Mike's past because of what God did on the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, it covers a multitude of sins. And so you don't have to walk around with shame from your past. So when you hear that, that's what it actually means. When, it, when you hear God restored my purity, he, he restores us and he cleanses us 
on the daily. But that's what it means. You can walk in freedom. You don't have to be labeled or put a lie or a label on your forehead for the things that you did in your past. You can walk boldly into the throne room. You can walk boldly into your relationships um, and have God do a new thing. So it's really amazing. I love that about the gospel. All right, we're going to shift gears just a little bit. Uh, and Pastor Lishi, I want you to tackle this one. Let's talk about sex in different seasons of marriage. Yes. <laughs> Give me the spicy topic. <laughs> Let's I, talk I about sex, baby. <laughs> yeah, come on. I love it. You're, always, you're like spicy and sweet all at the same time. <laughs> all right, so seasons of life, yeah. Yes. Um, I will say this, in all seasons, we're meant to give to our spouse ourselves, okay? So good, uh, yep. In John three sixteen, what did God do? He gave. That's he gave right. his only son. And why did he do that? So that he could have intimacy with you, with me. And intimacy is, is the foundation of marriage. It really is. It's why, it, it's, the, it's the closest representation to actually physically experiencing God wow. on earth is intimacy with your spouse. I love that. And so, of course, it's gonna be the most attacked in your marriage. It's gonna be the easiest thing to kind of poo-poo and put aside because the enemy would love for us to not experience that and have that disconnect because if we can't connect to our spouse in the way he created, then how easy is it to disconnect from him on an intimate level? Wow, come on. Okay? So true. So, Intimacy is into me see. You're giving wow. your spouse the ability to see into you in a way nobody else can, nobody else should. And um, it's so important to keep that alive in every single season. And it's really easy when you're in different seasons to, to let that fall apart. So in 1 Corinthians 7, 5, it says, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, usually around prayer and fasting type of thing, um, that you may devote yourselves to prayer, right? Uh, but then come together again. And even then, I, we don't do that. We still, we, we pray and we keep going, okay? <laughs> but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of lack of self-control. And all the girls are like, oh yeah, that's totally my, like guys don't have self-control, but that's not true, okay? It's, if, if your heart gets tempted as a woman, it's because it's, it, it's also like, well, it's just easy. It's an excuse. I have kids. I have you know, whatever, I've got laundry I need to do. I didn't shave my legs today, whatever it is. Your husband doesn't care, okay? <laughs> well. All right. <laughs> Apparently, I let it go long, too long one time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, like, let's talk about, like, in the newlywed season, it should yeah. be exciting and fun and and just a, a getting to know one another, okay? And it's, it's, sometimes it's awkward, Okay, if, especially yep. if you waited to have sex until you're married, you ha don't have the experience. Lance was the good one. I was the naughty one. So we're reversed, guys. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I had all the soul tie issues that had to be dealt with. He just had to come along for the ride. And unfortunately, guys, <laughs> we did not have this church when we got married, okay? We've been married 17 years. This church did not come exist on. in San Diego, okay? And so we had a really rocky start. And so I'm so thankful for Awakened Church because they share around this and they really healed our marriage. So in seasons, newlyweds, have fun, explore, get to know each other. If you have awkwardness, like talk to someone that's ahead of you in another season, break it open. Don't be ashamed of it. Like there's nothing 
it, it should be the funnest time of your life. You don't have kids. You don't have anything really holding your back. And you're usually, you know, on the younger side. And, and you know, the, there's different seasons for that, too. So now, kids. Let's be real. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about kids. We all have toddlers, so. <laughs> I, we have a four, a three, and a one-and-a-half-year-old. If we had any excuse not to have sex, this would be the season, okay? Because we are like, get this much sleep, and I work full-time, and, and so does he. So it's, neither of us are like staying at home and <laughs> doing the mom thing, and we still make time for it, but it's conscious effort. And I will be honest, you guys, most of the time it's like, all right, you ready? All right, let's do this. We got five minutes. Let's go. Let's go. Okay? It's okay. It doesn't have to be this long, romantic, like, candle lighting, bathtub experience. Rose petals. petals on the bed. Now, those are amazing moments, and they should happen, you know, occasionally, but it doesn't all have to be that. And it's so so important to to keep that connection with your spouse when you're in that season of, of child rearing. And even as they get older, I don't know, because my kids are young. We waited, for, we waited 12 years to have, have, or 12 years to even start trying to have kids. And um, so we had a lot of really fun newlywed time, which was great. <laughs> but most people don't do that. So we've had a long runway, and then we had kids. And so now, you know, looking at the future, what does that look like as our kids get older? And we're empty nesters, right? So you have that moment. Now you've got the maturity. You've got the experience. And your kids are out of the house. What I see happen a lot of times in a marriage is it that area was so neglected for so long in their marriage because they were busy, they were working, they were looking after kids, the kids became the focus or the excuse or whatever it was. And now their marriage is on in a, in a, in a challenged state or a difficult state. So you, as empty nesters, you get to own, you get to own the kingdom right there. You don't have the awkwardness of not knowing each other that you have in the newlywed season. You don't have the distractions of the kids. I mean, you could walk around naked in your house if you wanted to. <laughs> Romp around, have fun, you know? Do the lingerie yes. thing like you always wanted to, but never could when you were newlywed because you were too shy, you know? Like, make it happen. Be fun. And, and I know that there's like hormonal changes that come when you're a little bit older, but I, you know, I'm not there yet, but I, I still know that God created intimacy for all seasons of life. It is not season specific. So, so there's a way and there's a will and God's will for you is to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Nike it. Nike commercial right there, just do it. Just do it. Um, like I would have Nike. to add to that and say, um, some people have an issue or they don't agree with us, but if it means you have to schedule intimacy when you have kids we do it we do it you got to do what you got to do like how's your tuesday looking we are you you okay cool tuesday um spontaneity is great and we should never lose that because it keeps things in fuego but hello uh, but if you have to schedule it that's really what i'd say keeps the glue it keeps it keeps you together it keeps you connected it it keeps things going and it keeps you on the same page with what's going on and so it, it can really help lengthen the life of the the marriage and the relationship i'll say this you guys in our marriage if if it's been a, a little bit longer than normal like going on a week or two i can feel the difference in our relationship i can physically feel a like a distance to him and then the second we've like come back together it's like oh i i still really love you (laughs) 
Yeah, like, it's there. Even if it wasn't, like, in my heart to do it at that so moment. Good. Because a lot of times I am tired. I'm like, uh, just like <laughs> tired kids. I slept four hours last night. Okay. Like, it's okay <laughs> to be like that in some seasons, all right? <laughs> so good. Mike and I will joke. Get. We'll be like, we're really tired. Maybe we'll find each other in the middle of the night after we take a nap. That's real life. That works. You just sleep naked. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Sleeping naked's great. If that's like your MO, go. Awesome. Okay. Yes. All right. So moving on, I think we covered that topic that, and thank you guys for sharing wisdom in that. I think, I mean, just talk with your spouse and don't be afraid to have conversations with your spouse. Whatever season of life you find yourself in, I think communication is key always. And you have to talk about these things so that there's not room for wondering. I know for Mike and I, there's been seasons where I start feeling insecure, but it's just because we haven't talked. We haven't had a conversation. So have those conversations with your spouse and learn how to have them because it will help just bring a lot of clarity and keep your unity Um, in your marriage. Okay, so I want to move into expectations within um, marriage. And Mike, I thought you could really go into this because there's kind of this MO that men always want sex and women never want sex within marriage. But that's not always true. So I know for us that hasn't always been the case either. So I thought maybe you could really go in and encourage um, people in terms of expectations, having grace for each other. Yeah, I mean, I think again, just being honest, like, like everything that American culture says is that men are these Dobermans who like, if we don't have an orgasm every other day, we're just going to like start banging our head on the wall or something. (laughs) And like, we're not, uh, we're not animals. I mean, and so like, actually, and again, I think it, 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 to be honest in a lot of, I believe, um, Christian marriages, it can be this thing for the man where you feel emasculated. And I know that for me, like, I just, I didn't, I mean, I spent like, again, I like had this sexual past. Then I got with Katie and we dated for three years where I was completely celibate. And so like, I'd basically trained my mind and my body to not have sex. And all of a sudden we get married and it's like all okay again. And so I know that for me, like it was, um, Katie, um, historically in our marriage has wanted sex more than me. And for a long time, I felt like, am I broken here? I mean, everything I hear is that guys are supposed to be like, come on. And I just like didn't feel that way. And I thought something was, was wrong with me. Um, and it's, and it's not. And here's the thing that I know that like, and Katie actually said it this morning and it's like in, in sometimes it ebbs and flows. There's times where, you know, she's like, Hey, I would really love to make this happen. I'm feeling not connected to you. Can we connect? And then there's times where I'm like, Hey, I would, it would be really great. Da, da, da. Um, but, and, and there's, there is inevitably times where, um, it's very rare that it's both like, we're both on a level 10, level 10. We both want it. Let's make it happen. I mean, it's sometimes it's a nine and a four. Sometimes it's a 10 and a one, but we like, there's every time. Here's what I know in, 10 years of marriage and having sex for all of those 10 years, never once in the history of our marriage, even if one of us was a one and one of us was a 10 or whatever, never ever did we get to the end and be like, I really wish we wouldn't have done that. (laughs) It's just kind of like there's times where you just have to tell yourself like, hey, I'm just going to get this going and it's going to be good. And it always is. Never once has we been like, shoot, do you regret that? I don't know. Nope. Come on. 
anyway, so I want to just kind of dispel that myth that like men yeah. are always, and I know that there are, I mean, I know guys who just, you know, have a really hyperactive libido and great for you. That's awesome. But it's just not all of us, you know, and I'm not really like just some ultra sexual creature, I guess. And so and that's okay. What? That's okay. Wow. So I want to just dispel this In myth. In the words that of Mike as, Yeager. Do you mind? I'm sorry. Katie? Yeah. I'm just, it's great. You're just so roll, intense with your, here. you're very intense. So I want to just dispel this, this myth that, you know, like it's always this way or that way. It's not. Every marriage is different. Every family is different. And so you just have to work with each other, make it happen, get over that initial hurdle and you'll be into it. Yeah. Guaranteed. And again, invite counsel in if you need it. If you have hit this wall and you don't know how to go about it, confide in somebody trustworthy that has wisdom and fruit on their life, whether it's a biblical Christian counselor, whether it's a connect leader, a close friend that has a really healthy marriage, because there are some things that you just need to talk out with somebody that you can confide in and let your walls down. And that's what I love about our church. We're not afraid to have these types of conversations because we know the breakthrough that's on the other side. And what we don't want is for you to sit missing out on the goodness of God for your marriage just because you might be embarrassed or you don't know who to go to. So we all go through things in our marriage where we need some wisdom. We need some counsel. The word of God is amazing, but we're wired for community and we, we need each other to get through. And I know I have trusted women that have been married a lot longer than me. And I ask them questions. Okay, you, you've raised little kids. Like in these times, how do I love my husband when he's really stressed or whatever it looks like? Um, so wherever your marriage is at, know that it's seasons. There's seasons for every single um, part of your marriage. So thank you guys for sharing on that. <clears throat> and speaking of season, yeah, let's give it a little clap. A little clap break here. Awesome. Um, talking about seasons, I want to kind of shift gears for those that are not married in the room and that are not in relationship. Um, and I really want to talk about what, what does that look like for them and and kind of, and Pastor Lance and Alicia, if you guys want to share on this, how do, when you're not in a, a marriage, how do you deal and confront what culture says um, when you're in a dating relationship or maybe you're not in a relationship at the moment? You go, babe. Uh-huh. You got this. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> well, first, first, I just want to, I just want to like say this out there. Singleness is not a disease. Come okay? on. Okay. And the church, unfortunately, not necessarily here, has done a really um, good job of making it feel like it is one. And if you're not married, something's wrong with you. That's a lie, okay? And, and so it's okay because you're on a journey. We're all on a journey, and God has a perfect plan for you, and he has a perfect person for you. So we just keep, continue to believe that in faith. So don't ever feel less than because you, you're not with that person yet. Um, I was just recently speaking to a 26-year-old that had come into an agreement with that lie that she, and she's, she's young. Everyone's like, oh, 26, that's super young. Like, she doesn't need to be worried about being married right now. Well, where, where she's from, that's old, yeah. okay? She's from the South. Everybody gets yeah. married at like 18, 19. There. Ring so by spring. All of her friends are married and thing. have children. So she's feeling like very, you know, like this about, about her life. And I think it's just knowing like the season that you're in is okay, you know? And, um, and I would, I would encourage anybody that is here tonight. That's like, kind of, that like forces people on their single friends to like take a pause and make sure that's what they want. 
Okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so um, being single, what, what does that look like in, in a relationship setting? I want to say one thing. I, be very careful about having guy and girl relationships when there, it's not actually a relationship. Okay. Like, like you're not dating, but you're just friends. That's a really fine line, and um, it's okay to have guy friends. I have guy friends, but I don't call them up and go hang out with them by myself. Um, they're in a group setting, which is totally appropriate. Um, until you're actually dating, and it, it's, a, it's a thing. You know, now, that's not to say you don't go out on a coffee with someone to discover <laughs> if you want to date that person, okay? You don't have to do that in a group setting, because that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> But just like if you're friends with someone that's of the opposite sex, one of you probably has feelings for the other person. So just to be, you know, cautious of that. Um, and then as you are dating, make sure not to put yourself in positions that you're going to be open and very vulnerable. Like don't plan a trip together uh, away yeah, so good. with no other friends, you know, like yeah. even if you're having different hotel rooms, one, that's crazy expensive. Um, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and two, wait, just get married, go on the honeymoon, have fun, Come on. you know, but if you're going on a trip with a group of friends, go for it, it's super fun, but I just would encourage you, you put your, you're, you're putting yourself in a position for the enemy to come in and be like, oh, it's just once, right. okay, you know, so um, I don't That's know, do you really want to talk about like this, the dress and like, like being single and like showing off too much and not showing, you know, like all that, you want to talk about that? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and all that, yeah. And all that. All that and a bag of chips. Um, you know, I've been asked the question of, hey, look, I'm single, um, kind of desperate. How far is too far? You know, how much compromise is too much compromise? And I would say that when it comes to being single, um, we need to look at our relationship with the Lord. Because the Bible says, and Jesus says, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, body, soul, with strength. And in everything you do, do unto the Lord. So if I love the Lord, I will not grieve the Holy Spirit by pushing things too far. I will not do something that is going to bring about a separation from him through sin or through something I'm compromising character. So it's about your relationship with the Lord and being excellent in everything you do, including being celibate in that season. So, and it's also knowing like, knowing that you're loved by the Father, you will not give yourself away to anything and anyone. You have value. You have value. So good, come on. I love that. And so, I have two daughters, and I love them with all my heart, and they're valuable to me. How much more does the father think about how much he loves you and how much value you have to him? And when my daughter starts dating, oh. Good luck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that boy is going to have to work hard for me to say, yes, I'm giving my daughter over to you. And if I can think about that of my daughter, how much more does a father think about his son or daughter? So it's not so much a legalism thing or performance thing or borders and parameters. While there are healthy borders and healthy guidelines and boundaries, set those up for yourself. Guard your heart and your mind. Um, 
because out of your heart will flow the issues of life. And so um, it's thinking about it. It's a kingdom perspective versus, you know, letting your emotions rule and reign your life. Right, so good. So if I partner up with heaven, I can be guided. I can be shown a way. The Holy Spirit can speak to me and show me like, hey, you know what? There's good fruit on this life. I'm going to pursue that versus a drop kick over here, right? So if you deal with the insecurities in your life, if you deal with self-worth or issues of self-worth, you're not going to let some schmuck easy right. access to anything in your life. Come Does on. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So as a single person, it's while you're waiting, I know, I know it's tough. I know it is. It can, it can be some difficult seasons, but I would really encourage you to keep pressing into Father because He has the best intentions for you and He will guide you and protect you from you opening yourself up to someone that just does not deserve you. Yeah. Amen. Wow, Amen. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Um, as, we, as we wrap up, I want you guys to also really um, speak into those that have gone through a divorce or maybe remarried and what that looks like and what's involved with that because I know that um, there in the past historically has been a lot of shame attached to divorce and um, I also have so many amazing friends that ha are on their second marriage um, and are experiencing this beautiful marriage and so if you guys could really speak into that um, and what God says about it and what our church has seen um, among the people that have come in yeah so Life is a journey, and we go through a process. And sometimes things don't always work out the way we planned for it to be. And that's okay. There's no, I want to break that, that, that conception that the church has built around divorce, that you're a bad person, or you failed in some way if, if you had gone through a divorce. I come from a, my, my mom, my parents were divorced. Um, so I've lived very closely to it. My mom has been married three times, you know, so it's definitely like something I'm very familiar with. And um, I just want to break that lie that, there, that you're, not, you're not good enough in a way because you, you didn't make it with your first marriage or your second marriage or whatever marriage it is that, that you're on. And um, we can uh, just... There's a, there's a way to discover the root that's causing the pattern, and you break the cycle, and you cancel any, any um, spiritual attachments or lineage attachments that came in, because I had to break that so that it wasn't what happened in our marriage, because it was definitely something I was carrying, and it was the first thing I ran to when um, things got really hard, right? And um, so, Marriage is, is hard work. It's not an easy thing to do, and, and things happen, and they fall apart. But I do believe that if, 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 if you are in a place in your marriage that's difficult, and you don't, you're, you're thinking about divorce or something like that, there is always an answer if you've got two willing parties that are willing to work on it, you know? And um, you have community around you that will love you, that will guide you, that will take you through that, that will bring in healing. And, but it takes two. It can't just be one. Both parties have to want to work to heal their marriage. Um, but there's no shame and guilt in, in what's your past. It's your past. Let it go. God can heal it. 
and um, just bring bring that to the altar and let it let God heal your heart and and break off anything there. Um, but as far as you know, marriage and 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 is divorce okay? Well, the Bible doesn't think so. You know, but there's there's different circumstances for why people do get divorced. We had one. We could have gotten divorced. We had a very good reason to not fight for our marriage. According to the Bible, Lance could have been like, goodbye. Like he could have chosen that. He did not. He stuck by me. He fought. And we have an amazing, incredible marriage and three children stay because of that. So I want to encourage you, unless you're being abused, you know, or, you know, adultery, which was our story, okay, is in, in, in but that, even that can be overcome, okay? I, I say that from experience, okay? But um, uh, as far as abuse, that's a whole nother level. You do not have to submit to abuse just to stay under a covenant because that person has already broken their covenant. They broke the vow before God that they made that they would love and cherish and protect you, and that is not okay, okay? Um, But the rest of it, I know God's heart and God's will is to work it out. So beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I love that there's been this thread through every question that God is a healer and that your worth doesn't come from what you do. It comes from who God says that you are. And when you can take hold of that truth and when you can experience the love of God and you can have your identity be first in Him and not from the people in your world, then health will flow in and healing will flow in in ways that you'll never be able to even put words to. You'll, it's, a, it's a feeling of wholeness. And that's what God has for you today. So um, as we close, if you guys could actually just stand to your feet. I feel just this presence of God in the room and He wants to... Um, heal. He wants to move in to bring restoration to you guys today. So um, the worship band is going to come up and we're going to have the ministry team down the front. But we thought to close the service, we would have Pastor Lance pray. And he's going to be praying for those of you that know you have some soul ties, you have some attachments from your past that need to be dealt with tonight and left at the altar. And maybe there's other people in here that you guys want and are ready for healing and for forgiveness to flow in. And so um, Pastor Lance is going to pray. He's an amazing minister. He hears from the Holy Spirit so much. And and we're so honored to have you guys here, honestly, tonight to usher in the Holy Spirit. So um, if you could just pray and then we're going to have the worship team sing and the ministers up front and just come and receive and don't rush out if you don't want to. Stay as long as you want to, and we're going to just see God move and heal. So, Pastor Sounds Lance, yeah. come on. Why don't we close our eyes and lift our heads and turn our palms up to heaven. Father, I thank you for the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit here tonight. Father, I thank you that your hand is upon every person here, that you've been speaking to hearts and minds. So right now, in the name of Jesus, We come against guilt and shame and condemnation for past relationships, past habits, things we may have done. Father, right now we bring these things to the cross and we remind them that they hung on the cross with you 2,000 years ago. We break every spirit of guilt, shame, and condemnation in new marriages, 
in new relationships, in single people. Father, I thank You that You are healing mindsets, that You are redeeming and restoring people's worthiness, that they'll be worthy to receive love from You and from people, that they are worthy to receive the Father's love, that they are worthy to receive Your Holy Spirit in Your fullness and everything that You have for them, that they can receive it now in Jesus' Name. We come against every soul tie. We come against emotional soul ties to people, to trauma, to events, every sexual soul tie. Father, we lift these things up before You. We place them at the foot of the cross and we declare these things broken in Jesus' mighty Name. Father, we break every sexual soul tie. We break every emotional soul tie tied to trauma, traumatic events, traumatic abuse in relationships. Father, I thank You, You are redeeming hearts and souls, that You are healing minds and hearts right now. And I thank You, Lord, for healing and restoration around the area of relationships. I thank You that You modeled relationships so well that we can look to You to see how to do relationships. But I just speak to every person here where you haven't, I feel like this is a word from the Lord, you haven't grieved the end of a relationship that may have ended badly. Whether you're married or single, it doesn't matter. I want to give you permission to grieve the end of that thing so that you can heal and move on and move up in your life. That thing, that, that thing will no longer hold you back. And it's very simple. How do I know that I've dealt with the grief? Because if you think about it, the hurt doesn't come up. The pain doesn't come up. The emotions don't bubble up to the surface. So I want you to think about that event or that relationship that has caused a deep wound, a deep hurt and a grief in your heart. And I want you to surrender that to the Lord right now. And I'll just give you a moment. Father, I thank You right now. You see every heart wound. Lord, You see that grief. And I just thank You for Your Holy Spirit to come now. Come now, Lord. Touch them in their seats or where they're at. Father, touch them right now. Fill them with Your Holy Spirit to heal. Lord, Your Word says that You heal the brokenhearted. You bind up their wounds. Lord, You are the great physician. I can just feel a touch right now. Father, I thank You that You're healing people in their seats right now. You're healing the memories. You're healing the relationships. And Lord, out of that grief, let forgiveness flow to that person. We release forgiveness now to that person. And if you have a hard time forgiving yourself for how that turned out, I wanna give you permission to forgive yourself. I come against every spirit of self-hatred and self-loathing and unforgiveness towards yourself. And I break that right now in Jesus' Name. We break it right now in Jesus' Name. We declare wholeness around identity, around worthiness. Allow yourself to grieve the process. Allow yourself to receive the Holy Spirit to heal right now. Father, I thank You. Lord, we lift up every single person. Lord, I lift up every disappointment 
that they have come across in relationships. Every discouraging word, every disappointment, every agreement of, I'll never find the right person. I'll never find the right man. I'll never find the right woman. Father, right now we break all agreements with those inner vows right now. The world telling you you're not good enough, that you'll never find it, you'll be alone all the rest of your days. I just break that lie from the enemy right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I lift up every single person pursuing relationships, Lord, that your hand be upon them. Your word says that you will not cause the feet of the righteous to be moved, that your word is a lamp unto their path. So Father, I thank you for supernatural wisdom, for supernatural revelation and vision for how to navigate as a single person in this house. I thank you, Holy Spirit is with them. I ask that you speak to them right now, Father, that you heal every heart wound and every soul wound as as a single person, that you would minister them to them now. We thank you, Lord. just say as a single person, you are worthy to receive the affections of the Father and everything that He has for you. In Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.